We have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Are you a broken vessel, weighted down with discouragement, illness, or perhaps a disability? Well, take heart. Whatever your burden may be, God offers treasures that will transform your life. Hello, dear listeners. You're listening to Broken Vessels, Hidden Treasures. And here are your hosts, Paul and Tabitha Norris. One of the blessings we've had through the ministry of Broken Vessels, Hidden Treasures is meeting believers who are trusting and glorifying God even in the midst of fiery trials. Their examples strengthen our own faith. Of those we've interviewed with exceptional challenges, the family we are with today are among the most joyful and inspirational. We'd like to thank our friends and heroes of faith, Jay, his wife Sue, and their son Daniel Stratman, for welcoming us into their home for this special interview. Due to a brain injury, Daniel suffers from multiple disabilities, including a speech impairment. The key to understanding Daniel is reading his lips. Daniel, we're so glad God has given you the ability to verbalize. It's going to be a joy to hear directly from you what Christ means to you, and we want to express appreciation to his mother, Sue, for interpreting for all of us. Thank you. We're honored to be here. Let's start from the beginning. Tell us your story. Sure. I was injured like 22 years ago by some doctor. She was not a doctor. She was a anesthesiologist. They... There is a difference between them. I was having a a surgery for my hernia, and she gave me too much anesthesia and not enough oxygen to my brain cells. Daniel was born with a congenital heart defect. And in his first 10 years, he had three very serious open heart surgeries. And the Lord brought him through. He almost died as a newborn. And he almost died again at 10 years old. But the Lord brought him through those surgeries in amazing ways that we couldn't even have imagined preceding the surgeries. When he was 11, as he mentioned, we found a hernia, and we took him in to have the hernia repaired. The He is correct. The anesthesiologist made several mistakes. She set the anesthetic too high. She didn't put a blood pressure, she put the blood pressure cuff on his arm, but she didn't set the the blood pressure machine to read it, and then she left the room. And what Daniel doesn't remember is that during the surgery, his heart stopped because the anesthetic was set so high for so long. They revived him, and um, 
called the, the heart team in and did all the crash cart procedures. And Daniel's heart beat again, but they tell us he went 10 to 12 minutes without oxygen to the brain during that episode. Wow. Well, we've, we've read your story, and we really appreciated the your openness in sharing the shock and the hurt and the anger that you initially went through after Daniel's injury. And we were especially moved at the compassionate reminder your friend gave you that we serve a God who lets us have these emotions and he allows us to grieve and he has the patience with us when we're really floundering. So when you look back at that time in your life, are there any particular passages from scripture or principles from the Bible that really helped heal those emotional wounds? There were several. Um, I I didn't keep a journal, but I uh, when we uh, friends came in or if they uh, sent us a note, I tried to write down the scriptures uh, that were that were there and uh, uh, I have two little notebooks still this I think I just uh, was reading and uh, it's the story of the uh, Daniel and his friends and being put in the uh, fiery furnace by Nebuchadnezzar and uh, our I should say Daniel's friends Uh, and uh, Seemed like there was reluctance. These uh, young men of God made quite an impression in that uh, heathen land. But uh, they disobeyed because they would not bow down to a false god. And uh, uh, the fire was stoked up even more. And But before they were put in, uh, they made it clear that the Lord could deliver them from this uh, from this fire, from this trial, from uh, this uh, impossible situation. But even if he, it was his plan not to, their faith was still in uh, the Jehovah God. And uh, that, that spoke to us uh, um, many times. And as I said, uh, uh, a whole number of... of uh, uh, verses and passages were shared with us. Uh, Daniel's good friend Henry wrote us one time, and it was uh, Romans eight eighteen. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed. And uh, I would just add... We were certainly involved, all our family, Sue and I and the girls, but the whole focus was Daniel. Of course, he was the one uh, in the midst of everything. We, we uh, uh, as parents and family members, your heart breaks uh, for these, uh, when something like this uh, a child or a loved one goes through this, uh, these situations, but it was certainly 
uh, Daniel, who uh, was at the heart of uh, the whole thing, and the Lord Jesus Christ was right there with him. A passage that I wrote down um, a couple days after Daniel was injured, they, well, for four weeks, they were preparing us to turn off his machines and let him go. Um, they didn't think the injury was so significant. They didn't think that his heart would survive, especially a heart that had been operated on three times. And so the doctor would come in and tell us we need to make a decision. And Daniel was intubated at the time. He wasn't breathing on his own for the first um, almost four weeks. And I was um, extremely distraught. I remember standing in the seventh floor ICU waiting room wishing I could just jump because I couldn't bear to see my son suffer so badly. And um, hernia surgery was supposed to be an in-and-out procedure, no tubes. We had plans for steak and shake for lunch, Daniel's favorite place that afternoon. And instead, he came out of the OR with tubes everywhere, nothing working except the breathing machine breathing for him. And I remember that night wishing it would all be over and the pain would stop. And early the next morning, a dear brother in the Lord came into the hospital very early. One morning, he drove about 60 miles to see us. And he said he had read this, these verses the night before, and he just had to share them. And it was Psalm 41, 1 to 3. Blessed is he who considers the poor. The Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. The Lord will preserve him and keep him alive, and he will be blessed on the earth. You will not deliver him to the will of his enemies. The Lord will strengthen him on his bed of illness. You will sustain him on his sickbed. That was one of the times the Lord was so real to me in the midst of excruciating pain. And it picked me up and kept me going until the next huge deep valley. You mentioned Daniel's sisters. How has Daniel's disability impacted the rest of them? Daniel has four sisters. Uh, two are older and two are younger. The youngest wasn't born at the time of the injury. The oldest one... Jamie was 15, and so it impacted her in the biggest way. She was angry. She was confused. She doubted God's love. And for a time, for several years, she walked away from the Lord. She told me when she got into college, she was at a Christian college, but in October of her freshman year, she wrote me an email letter and she said, I can't do God as love anymore. If God is love, he wouldn't have let this happen to my brother. So I want you to know I'm done. And I'm going to live like I want, and I'm going to do what I want. And she did. Praise the Lord, she came back. And now she's married with two small children of her own. Wow. Jody was 13. And Jody's way of coping was he's going to be fine. And that was it. That settled it in her mind. Her brother was going to be fine, and she wasn't going to accept anything different. Jody did continue to walk with the Lord, although she had a, a, a summer where she had to make a choice. Am I going to believe God is God and that he is faithful and he is who he says he is? Or am I going to doubt him and walk away? And she chose to follow. 
Joy was the closest to Daniel. She's two years younger than Daniel, and they were always best buds, still are. Joy was nine and really too young to realize what was going on. We laugh about it now, but it's probably not funny. She doesn't remember her childhood. We do laugh about it, don't we, Daniel? But she it's like PTSD, like she has no memory of her childhood. But when she was 14, our children grew up at a Christian camp in Jefferson City, Missouri area. And Daniel was very involved there. All our girls were. But Joy, at 14, was on staff. And that summer, all Daniel's friends were 16, and they were at camp serving the Lord. And she struggled to make peace with Daniel's injury and God's sovereignty and knowing that her brother would be there serving at camp, but he couldn't because he was severely brain injured. And she struggled that summer on and off, but came to the place where she would follow the Lord no matter what, that if, if God was God and if he was loving and if he was true, she would follow him. And she made a choice that summer to do that. In the years since your surgery, Daniel, God has answered prayers in a lot of ways, in a lot of unexpected, remarkable ways. Do you still pray for healing, or is there a different prayer you have for your life, for his life now? Of course. Every day. At night, Daniel often reflects. And as I'm putting him to bed, he'll say things like, sometimes it's hard for me to understand why God let this happen to me. Or, I really wish God would heal me. I wish God would give me my vision back. I wish I wasn't in a wheelchair. I wish I had my balance so I could walk. And so we pray for those things. When we were in Florida doing therapy, maybe five years after Daniel's injury, around 2000. We were going to a church, and the elders wanted to pray for healing for Daniel. They wanted to anoint him with oil and pray for him. And they asked me if that was okay, and I said, of course, I will never turn that down. But we met with them two weeks later, and we met with them on a Sunday evening. And one of the men said to me, I've watched Daniel for two weeks now. He said, when I first met him, I just knew the Lord was going to heal him. And that's why I asked you if we could pray. Side note, we had done that in the hospital after his injury. This was five years later. But he said, I've watched Daniel for two weeks. And his joy, his smile... The way he encourages me just by being Daniel. I'm not sure that's what the Lord wants us to pray for anymore. But he said, we're going to do it anyway. And he said, Daniel, if the Lord heals you, don't tell anybody we had this prayer meeting. <laughs> but he said, somehow I feel the Lord has shared with me that he is going to be more glorified in Daniel's life, leaving him the way he is, than healing him. And I had already come to that conclusion in my heart. I had already accepted the fact that 
because we prayed and we prayed and we prayed and we prayed for healing. We prayed so desperately and fervently for healing. And the Lord brought Daniel further than anybody said he would go. They told us after he survived those first four weeks, he would be a vegetable. But I came to the realization and the acceptance that God is glorified in Daniel's life. And that's my prayer. I pray for Daniel to be used in a mighty way by God. That with his speech impediment and his wheelchair and his lack of vision, that people would be drawn to the Lord because of Daniel's life. Um, We pray for unbelievers to come to truth, to know Jesus Christ of the Bible, to know that no matter what happens in this life, this life is not all there is. And if they don't have the hope of heaven, this life is the best they will ever know. And I pray for Daniel to be a Barnabas. He wrote a paper in college. Who, which biblical character would you most like to be like? And he said Barnabas. And he wrote a paper about Barnabas, son of encouragement. And I pray that Daniel will be a Barnabas to believers all across the world. You know, Daniel, you had such a tender heart for Jesus as a young boy. Since your injury, how has your walk with the Lord changed, and what does Christ mean to you now? It is a bigger challenge than ever to know he actually cares. With what I have to deal with every day for life, it is not, it is not easy, it is not fair at all, but, but whatever God It was somewhere in the Bible where he said, in this world you will have trouble, but be of good good cheer. I have overcome the world. We love that verse. That, and that is your hope. That is what I have my hope in. And so you have hope in eternity, right? You said this to me. This life is not all there is. There is a glorious life coming. That's it. This life is only preparation for the next. Romans 8.18 Our present sufferings are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. That's it. Mm. That's it. When, When we see someone who's suffering or who has a disability, I think the easy thing to do is just to keep a safe distance 
A lot of times we feel uncomfortable. We're not sure what to say. What, what do you think that we, we should do? What are practical ways that we can enter into a person's suffering with them and be the friend that God wants us to be? First, you have to to open your open your mouth and say hello. Say hello. I love that. <laughs> That's right. And let them know they are not alone. When Daniel was early in the injury. It bothered me when people stared. I had a real hard time. I would cry silently, sometimes openly, because my son was just like their son a few years before. And sometimes in my fleshly, motherly, protective mind, I wanted to say, teach your children not to stare, but teach them to love. And the Lord spoke to my heart one of the times that a little boy said to me, what happened to him? And instead of my feathers getting bristled, I decided to bring him in. And I said, this is Daniel. And Daniel would love to be your friend. Would you like to talk to him? So he, he came over to Daniel. And I interpreted for Daniel. Daniel said, hello. And Daniel said, how are, how are you? And how old are you? And that little boy softened like butter. And that was a huge lesson to me that people are not mean for the most part. They are curious. And they're intrigued. And they want to know, especially children. And so now I bring them in and I introduce them to Daniel. And Daniel's smile is beautiful, and even children are drawn to his smile. But when he laughs, they're really drawn to him. And so I found that the verse, a man who has friends must show himself friendly, in Proverbs 18.24, has become kind of my life verse when Daniel and I are in public. Or do unto others as you would have others do unto you. In Luke 6.31. And so I wrote down some things to bring people into a disability. Don't stare, but say hello. Talk to the person. Remember that that person is human. And speaking to them makes they feel, them feel human. No baby talk. And then many moms have asked me to share with them how to teach their children how to deal with people with disabilities. So that has been an open door that I've really enjoyed. You mentioned Daniel has such a great smile, and I second that. See, Daniel, you have such genuine peace and joy, and that's what draws a lot of people to you. Um, for those of us who have disabilities and chronic illnesses some days are tough and I imagine some days for you are pretty rough too but we've certainly never heard you complain about it um, you're drawing strength from the Lord and that's how it should be 
you would be surprised <laughs> with what I say when I am in when you're in the in the shower <laughs> and I can not relax. Oh. <laughs> Those are his hardest moments. Yes, it's a lot of struggles. So what advice would you give to someone who's really going through a dark time in their life and they're feeling empty? Maybe they feel like God isn't there. What? How would you advise them to keep their hearts guarded against depression? What? What I do, I always listen to the Bible. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it helps. Daniel has been listening to the Bible. I have been listening to the Bible for two, yeah, two years. I am hoping I will get over this over your nervousness soon Daniel has listened to the Bible from Genesis to Revelation he's on his 14th or 15th time since January of 2018 well Jay and Sue uh, we want to ask you the same question Uh, you know what advice or comfort would you offer someone who may be lacking the joy of Christ we've been through that and we've tried uh, tried to be a help to others just as others have come alongside and helped and encouraged us uh, 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 to comfort with the comfort wherewith we have been comforted uh, and uh, that's that to have trouble and uh, problems disease and uh, um sorrow, uh, suffering, and so we just seek to do what uh, what's stated there in, in uh, Corinthians, that uh, if we can be of help, if sometimes uh, I never feel like I have the great a great thing to say, but uh, sometimes I know in our case especially me, someone came alongside. Whether we talked much or didn't, it, uh, it was an uplift to me. And uh, it's been many years now, but that's, that's what we've uh, sought to do. When Daniel has a particularly bad day, when he's nervous in the shower and he goes into a full-blown anxiety attack, we talk about the strength of the Lord and how the Lord helps us. And as we mentioned, he asked to listen to the Bible to try to transform his mind to give him peace and calm. And I have to tell you, he is 90, 95% better having listened to the Bible all these times. But I say to him and I say to myself and to others, we don't have a corner on the market of suffering. If I've learned anything about suffering, it's that we all suffer. It may not be a brain injury due to an anoxic injury to the brain. 
it may be finances, divorce, cancer. Cancer has hit us all. It's We all suffer. And as you alluded to yesterday, our friend Larry, when I was at one of my lowest moments, and I questioned everything I ever knew, and my faith was completely shattered, and I was rocked off my foundation, Larry said to me, your emotions are stronger than your faith, but your faith will recover. And at the time, I didn't believe him, but it did, because the Lord was faithful, not because of anything I did, because I was really angry on and off for a time at the Lord. But the Lord always tenderly, lovingly, as Jay said, comforted us in ways that to this day um, blow me away. The tangible ways that the Lord showed us his love and his faithfulness to us and that he was in control and that he did care and he was there. And so that's what we like to share with others who are suffering, that he is there. Even when you wonder where he is, even when it doesn't feel like he's there, even when you question everything about anything you've ever learned about the Lord, he's there. And he will come. He will make a way where there seems to be no way. And his love is amazing and matchless and faithful. But he is always there. And that's why we wrote Daniel's book, because we wanted to share our pain and our suffering with other people who might be going through painful, earth-shattering, heart-wrenching times. That the Lord will be there and he will see you through. It's not, you're not going to live there forever, even though we live with chronic brain injury the Lord is so faithful to, to see you through. I remember thinking I was Peter on the water. And as long as I kept my eyes on the Lord, I wouldn't drown. But as soon as I took my eyes off the Lord Jesus and put them on my surroundings, I felt like I was drowning. And every single time, the Lord would reach his hand out to me and lift me out of the waters and give me a firm place to stand. I don't know what we would do without the Lord. I don't either. I've said that so many times. How do people do life without the Lord? Because the truth is it's hard with him. But I can't imagine doing it without him. Yeah. Well, drawing on the journey that you've been on with Daniel, if you could name one attribute of God that is a treasure to you, what would that be? Uh, His. uh, His. uh, It. uh, It's love. That's right. Amen. Well, I'm grateful for all that the Lord's done for us, um, as we all are. Uh, Just to uh, even dream that you could have uh, peace uh, in situations like this, and even much more that it's a reality, uh, we, we think thank him for that uh his uh mercy and grace are extended each each and every day and and uh those are uh 
those are miracle, daily miracles, uh, as, as has been said. The first word I wrote down was his faithfulness. God is faithful. He has been faithful in the past. He's faithful today, and he will be in the future. My favorite word is hope. And it's because this life is not all there is. And because of Jesus Christ, we have glorious hope for the future. This is the worst we will ever know. And Daniel suffers more than I can even imagine. You do. But the hope, watching my son suffer and, and lose the life that we knew that we would have had with Daniel is, is hard to grasp sometimes. And yet, the beautiful, faithful love of God over the last 23 years humbles me. And I would never, ever have dreamed on July 10, 1996 of the blessings and the ways that I call them hugs from heaven. The hugs from heaven that the Lord has bestowed on us in ways to see us through some of our darkest, darkest days. And yet we have hope because this life is not all there is. And we have a glorious, glorious future. Daniel will walk and run and play soccer again if they play soccer in heaven. And he will see and he will speak and he will have nothing hindering him ever once we are in heaven. So we've referred to Daniel's story, your book, several times, When Losing is Winning. Where's the best place podcast listeners can go to find the book? They can download it on Daniel's website, which is www.storyofdan.com. Dot com. Daniel shares his testimony, and there is a link to download the book. They can also go through Amazon, and we will send them a copy. It is all for, and it's all for free. That's right. That is right. We do not charge for the book. So as we get close to wrapping up here, can you tell us what is the Daniel Project? When we met Diane Reynolds, who helped us co-author the book, we decided that all if anybody wanted to purchase the book, the money would go to Johnny and Friends. And so she started a program called The Daniel Project, and basically when we give the book to people, she wants them to pass it on. And she wants them to pass it on to people who are suffering, to people who have disabilities in their family, to people who are hurting, to people who need Jesus Christ. And she wants them then to pass it on again. And so the book just keeps getting passed on. There's a page in the book called The Daniel Project. And it is just a means to getting the book out there, not because we're benefiting because we're not but because we want to share the grace and the love and the faithfulness of God with everybody and anybody we can. Mm -hmm. The Lord has given us this tool 
this book to do that so that people who we never meet, people who we never have communication with, can still get a copy of the book and then share it and share it and share it. That's the Daniel Project. That is great. Well, thank you for your willingness to share God's story of his hand on your lives. We feel all the richer for knowing you. Thank you very much. Thank, thank you for you. having us. Thanks for tuning in today to Broken Vessels, Hidden Treasures. It is our hope and prayer that you will find the grace and goodness of God even in trials. We'd love to hear from you, and your feedback is important to us. You can reach out to Paul and Tabitha with comments, questions, or to share an episode with a friend in need through our website at bvhtministries.org. Thank you.